we've heard of astral travel. <laughs> Out of the body experience. Welcome to Postploitation, the Ausploitation podcast. I'm November. I'm Daria. And I'm Callum. And this month, we're talking about 1988's Out of the Body. Or 89. There seems to be not a consensus. Actually, Daria would have the actual answer because it's in the BTS book. Brian Trenchard Smith, not the massive band. No, it seems to be 1988, at least in production terms, maybe had a staggered release or something. Possibly. Yeah, it was confusing. Everything about this movie was confusing. Because I was watching it thinking this was actually must have been made for TV, and then, of course, they they... dropped F-bombs and there was large amounts of blood, so I'm like, no, this must have been a cinema release. So, yeah. But no, Brian Trenchard-Smith has directed this amazing... Well, we say director, he say he claimed responsibility (laughs) for it. That's what he says in Adventure System B-Movie Trade. Which is true, yes. This is... What's the name of that non-name that they use? What? Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy, yes. Oh. Which if you have the... Well done on your... But yeah, if you have the USA Today that they did for October 21st, 2015... Remarkably, I don't, but go on. Well, I have like two or three because DeLorean owner and all that kind of craziness. Yes, you're but right. yeah, the Jaws 14 or whatever Alan it is is actually Smithy. directed by Alan Smithy. Yes. Of course. Uh, and produced by Steven Spielberg's son, I think, is you know, on the poster. But or the third or something. Yes. Oh, isn't his son Max? Max. Yeah, Max Spielberg, yeah. And it's, it's, it's I keep thinking I've got it wrong because by. that's also John Landis' son name. And I'm going, they can't both be called Max, oh. and apparently they are. I'm really curious. I'm sorry, I did a little sideline because of Ghostbusters, but the, the Ghostbusters movie's coming out soon. Well, I was getting sidelined by this too. actual film because the main female star in it is the daughter of Barry Humphreys. Yes, and we realised as we were writing up the names, there's also a Linda Newton, and I'm wondering whether or not Linda Newton is any relation to Bert Newton, because... Well, Newton's a this common like, enough well, name, isn't but it? it seemed like this kind of a movie. Mm. I know he's got a son called Matt. I love Matt Newton. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. Oh, shit. there were charges. He was on that Thank God You're show. Here. Yeah. He was really good on Thank God You're Here. Yeah. He actually came to the NFSA office when I was working in Melbourne and it took so much work to resist saying, Matt, thank God you're here. Because I could just picture him turning around and walking the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Unfortunately, this session we are recoding, poor old November has... It's coming I'm out the, dying. Ta- coming at the tail end of a very bad cold. She's kicked most of it, but she's coughing a lot, which it's means I'm going to be Rona. picking up a we couple of things. We are not all going to die. Definitely not the Rona. I mean, we are all going to die, but not we? soon. We might not. You never know. I do. All right, okay, fine. We're all going yeah, to Have you read that short story about the guy who wishes for immortality and then he doesn't die and then he keeps not dying until, like... The end of the universe. Yeah. Well, no, there's a thing which says that if you end up immortal... You will be trapped under something. You will end up trapped under something. It's apparently just this sort of law of averages. You would have to say not feeling pain to go along with immortal. Yeah, because you will be, like, caught in something or whatever. You will end Every up, bone broken. You will end up in, like, a non-survivable situation that you will just keep going over and over and over. Mm. That was because that little... there are people who... There are, are real immortal. people in the world who don't feel pain. Yes, uh, and they constantly... have shorter lifespans mm. than... Yeah, because they're always Gen- burning themselves and yeah, doing exactly. crazy terribleness to themselves. But this is the opposite. Not this movie, though. Well, I'm sure there must be exploitation movies about immortality or, like, long-lived... Oh, actually, that was the premise of the Convict one. 
oh. was that, uh, yeah, they kind of live for it. Anyway, so because... So we should actually talk about the out-of-the-body... And look, before we even go into this, I've got to lead off with that is a janky as fuck title. Because Isn't it? Everyone knows astral projection is out, out of, of body, body experiences. But then is it I mean, it was before Oh fuck me. It might not have been before, before Google. Here. No, it was before Like before Google. search engines. Yes. I just learned today that IMDB is thirty years old. Yeah. So, blind blown. Yeah, out of body being such a common title, maybe that's why they said the I went looking and the only thing I could think was that maybe by that stage there was a movie or two already called Out of Body, but I couldn't necessarily pick one that was like, okay, this is the movie that obviously they needed to change. It's not a great way to distinguish. It's no, and it's so <laughs> the, yeah. And I'm kind of surprised this isn't one of the ones that has 37 other titles. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, maybe that's just because there is flipple written about this online. Yeah, There's yeah, this so one, this one, little. this one flew under the radar. Mostly, sorry, BTS, we've got to go down this road at some point. But uh, there's very little about it, and that's one of the reasons I thought it was maybe a telly. And like movie. he said, don't watch Love Pandemic. Like maybe don't watch this. I one. don't know. I really Love Pandemic yeah, was fun. I liked Love Pandemic. Love Pandemic was fun. This one was well. Yeah, I said we'll fine, not fun, but go on. No, it's it was fun too. It was Come interesting. On. There were large amounts of it that were cool. So this is out of the body, a movie. Well, I was going to say centered around, but centered around nothing. Well, movie- what's the pressy on? IMDb. Okay, all right. So this is the thing. So the reason I was explaining about November is that I'm going to be taking on some of her things, and one of them is reading out the very basic pricey, and it's some Which gravi- is usually very wrong. Yes. So, some gravity-defying being is killing women in Sydney, Australia, and removing their eyes. The only hope of catching the fiend lies in a hapless man with a psychic link to the killer, who is soon suspected of the crimes. Which I think is wrong, because not That is 100% soon wrong, and not soon enough. <laughs> So what we have is a movie which is, I guess, meant to be based around the concept of astral projection. No, it's how much do we love The Exorcist? Well, actually, it's really funny you should say that because I was, like, tagging movies as I was going through this, going, okay, so this was made after this, this was made after yeah. this. It was made after last month's movie and there's certainly some connective tissue there. Mm-hmm, yes. This might be one of David Hannay's thing. Did you watch last month's movie? Because I didn't. No, I did. You did? Um, they did. Oh, and Daria on the podcast saying, oh, they can't be here because they're busy, tricky and smoking. Moving fucking house. Moving out and, and bringing my, my future bride into my home. And what the <laughs> fuck, man? Seriously. <laughs> I we mean, have... I'm not saying we weren't tricky and smoking. <laughs> oh, well, Callum was helping me move house. I was half of that. You were half of that. I was doing the drinking. I think I made up for the both of us. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Look, one, one um, day I might not be in an episode and you can decide for yourself what I'm doing then. Oh. Could we physically create an episode without Daria to at least drive the There recording? is not a chance. This does not happen without Daria. Well, we have all the new toys now, so. Anyway, yeah, she runs yeah. them. Yeah, that's true. She does. Yeah, we can, like, call each other and record it. Boop. Terry <laughs> <laughs> has the news board and has the power of God. Yes, I am between jobs at the moment, and my previous job paid me a little bit of money to go away, and some of the I spent some of the money, and admittedly a, a surprisingly small amount on like a proper podcasty kit, which is a why we might yeah, sound up. a little better, but b Daria now has a big old the board with sliders and big green buttons and stuff. So thank it's you, Roadcaster. Let's see how it goes, yes. Thank you, Road Made in Australia. Made in Bloody Australia. Bloody tops. Yeah. So we'll see how that all goes. Although there may be some degradations at some point because... I'm dying. 
And you're also no longer technically with us locally for ease of recording. That's so right. In the future, you may be. It's an eight-hour it drive. Literally funny. Eight-hour drive. There and back. Oh right. Okay. I mean, Fine. technically, it's a six-hour drive, but you know, me and my car. Yeah. True. Mm. But anyway, back to the movie. So, <laughs> which we should actually talk about okay, at some point. So, so what we have is a 1988 horror movie where Australian actor Mark Hembro playing a guy by the name of David Gaze. So he was the dude from Man from Snowy River 2? Man from Snowy River 2. Was that around the same time, even? It was. It was literally the same year. So if we assume the production year of this, 1988, then 1988 is the year of production of the second Man from Snowy River movie. And he plays Jim Craig's best friend when Jim Craig returns. So you've got this weird kind of bracket where he's in basically one of the top produced films of that era in Australia yeah, and one of the lesser produced films. We couldn't find a box office on this anywhere. And I think as an 80s look, so he's mulleted, but he's got a face shape. It's not really a... Well, maybe it is a mullet. It never... It's not like a serious mullet. Okay, so there's... There are mullets which are mega mullets. It's not a mullet. No. But it's not a mullet. It's a bit more of the Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon type mullet, where you can kind of see it, but it's... Yeah, yeah, okay. As opposed to a MacGyver mullet, which was a mega mullet. Mega mullet? Cool. It's closer to the mullet a lot of people actually had. Yes, yes. Uh, Although these days, God, have you seen the mullets back and they're leaning into it? Oh they're like my shaved God. sides of the head now. It's like the joke mullet. I don't know whether people are wearing them ironically or not. No, they're are not. Are you wearing them ironically? Oh, fuck, man. They're seriously. not. Because um, we have a good friend that has that right now. Do we? Mm-hmm. So Mark Embraer, and this is the thing, because I was looking at his face and I remember thinking that he looked very much like uh, Kiefer Sutherland from the same period in the 80s. You know, you look at him in those No, movies. no, he doesn't have Kiefer's bone structure. I see where you're coming from, <coughs> though. He has it in... The, it's going to sound really terrible for Australian actors, and I don't mean oh, it this way. Oh, this is going to be bad. If you assume that... Australian actors are not that mega... Are you trying to say he's the dime (coughs) store ripoff? He's not Superman. He's like super guy. If you look at most Australian actors as being the actor you can get that aren't that insane symmetrical face craziness that Mm -hmm. you get from America, he's like a human take on that same thing. And, yeah, I thought he was dead handsome for a 1980... In that 1980s... I absolutely couldn't tell because the resolution of this film was so bad. It it was not terrible. It was obviously captured from a VHS because there is actually a point where we get the VHS. Yeah, there is the V-hold. <laughs> yeah, this is from YouTube, so... Yeah, and there is definitely a point where you but, see... But, you know, the, at least the, the movie is accessible for you if you want to watch it at home. Yes, yes. Oh, actually, that's a really good point. Yes, so jump online and enjoy it. It's not... I was going to say it's not terrible. Well, you can listen to us then decide for yourselves. I mean, decide for yourselves anytime. We're not ruling your brain. Do whatever you want. Go out, get high, get laid, have fun. But why would you be listening to this podcast if you're not at least intending to see the film? Anyway, so we have... I'm just trying to think about the best... Because one of the problems I've got with this movie is that it doesn't exposit enough. Yeah, it's really confusing. We didn't quite have to have a blank wall with post-it notes and thumbtacks and red string, Mm. but we weren't far from. And if I just give it a summary, by default I will be making explanations that you don't get when you watch the movie the first time. Yes. And I don't just mean about spoilers. It's like... It's it's not spoilers. It's just like, this is what's going on. They just don't tell you. No. 
Yeah. Which is weird because it opens with exposition. Up the razoo. Yeah, it doesn't really pertain to anything with no. that sex position scene at the start. It makes no sense. Although, yeah. that was one of the things I will say oh, that actually. was fucking hilarious. So, we opened the credits, slow credits over Sydney City, very foreboding music, and then it goes, directed by Brian Trenchard-Smith. And, and the music changes. Instantly cuts to porn music, mm. and there's a sex scene, which it I thought was, was really porn music. <laughs> which they which paused really during good. to discuss the content of one party's thesis. And I yes. couldn't catch who she was studying. We both listened to it several times. We couldn't hear what name she was saying. The world can wait another night to learn about the Egyptian sun temple of Amenophis. Yeah, it's the ancient temple of an Egyptian thing, and so. One I'm sure the, it wasn't made up. No, one of the issues we had with it, because of the audio, is it's difficult to tell what stuff you're meant to be able to clearly hear and what stuff's meant to be a bit... Yeah, and most of it is very clear, but we just didn't catch her saying this one thing. I think yeah. it's kind of supposed to just establish that she believes in some kind of mysticism because she's into ancient sun temples and, I, and things. I would completely agree with you, except it doesn't establish that whatsoever. No. And this is one of the things. It was a missed potential because I thought there was a cat motif that at least played out at part of the film. And knowing the Egyptian history, man, we were already really... Further into the film than they are. Yeah. Yeah, basically, we just got two people shagging and we're talking mysticism. But Good. All right. So let's rapid fire the explanation. I know I normally try to go with this. So we have a guy who is having nightmares and he realises after a couple of murders that are happening in the area that the nightmares he's having are of the women who are being murdered. He is going out with a girl who has been working on an Egyptian thesis and she is open to the concept that he is astrally projecting, hence he is out of the body, uh, and we follow him trying to determine who is doing the killings based on the fact that he's able to see them as they're about to happen. He doesn't he see the murder actually it happen. It cuts out before then. So it sees the murder about to happen. Yeah. He doesn't see it happen and he can't see who's doing it. No, and he occasionally then after the murders gets flashbacks. Yes. When he realises that they're legitimate murders. So, as one would have flashbacks to dreams. Yeah. Mm. So if we assume the clunky as hell title out of the body as the out of body experience, we have someone who at the early stages we're like, okay, he should be getting insights into the murders. His girlfriend at the time is studying a thesis on Egyptian... Daria, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we learn the girlfriend's name until around an hour five into this movie when she leaves the note. I don't think so either. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we were That's just one of the ways this movie is confusing. And, yeah, that's got to brush past. I'm not not even sure it would have... That Neva's name would have hit the sides if I didn't go, oh, that's similar to Nova's name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, no, that's a a good point because you would have noticed it if it had come up. Mm. And it didn't. Whereas the lead guy, David's name, David Gaze, we know his full name, he says it many, many times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he's a guy, you know, that's what you get. And this is actually one of the things, so we've talked... No, this movie passes the Bechtel test. It does, many times. Not many, but a few. A few times, no, no, no. And again, this is another potential subplot. But what I was going to say is we've talked before about the fact that when we do this recording, because I apparently have a brain like a sieve, we have a big whiteboard where we write down primary Main people. cast and crew. Main cast and crew. This one basically has every person that appears in the movie, but we have actually had to write down who each of the people are underneath so us. So it's got character's name, 
actor, their role in the film, are you girlfriend, ex-wife, mm. and then it's got the order they die in as well. Because there are so many people whose presence, it's important in the film, but is so poorly... Connected. The, the connected, that you couldn't work out when we actually ran the, the credits and were writing down the names. It was like, who's that? Is she so-and-so or is she so-and-so? No, wait a minute, she's the interviewer. No, 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 that's the ex-wife. Oh, yeah, so, and, and two characters do look quite similar. Yeah, and there's a lot of ages Which we'll come to. Well. Yeah, oh. oh, yeah, there are some spectacular 80s costumes <laughs> in this. Oh, yes, Loved the it. first victim just kind of crams the entire 1980s into her office. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. And clearly typing is not a big part of her job because she's got the computer and some other equipment directly in front of her, but the keyboard is off to the side of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Very. very That's yeah, no, there's no way like H&S there. Display office. Yes. yes. With the new computer stuff that everybody has. Well, no, I'm sure I've mentioned it on the pod before, but I remember when Dad got his first computer, he didn't turn it on for three days, didn't know what to do with it because all email <laughs> did was you could email that end of the office I could just get up and go over there. Hey, I used to play with a friend of mine who... Hello. Would, hello. Uh, who would come in literally bringing his entire computer so that we could hard cable them up and play Doom against each other oh, and then MechWarrior against uh, each other. I used to do that with the Doom yep. and all. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I was probably there. I actually went to a couple of <laughs> LAN parties. Dude, I remember you going to LAN parties. It doesn't yeah. seem that long ago. Go actually. Local area networks where we so we have this weird little janky opening sequence where we have an in betweeny sex and then sleeping scene between two people and a woman who is being photographed and interviewed as an upcoming lady in business. And we know yeah. nothing because no names, no anything at all. Mm-hmm. And we get to the end of this kind of janky back and forth sequence. As I said, the girlfriend is studying the Egyptian sun temple of something or other. It's, it's very not Ra, don't add us. Out. No. <laughs> but she and David Gaze, uh, Mark Hembrow's character, or Hembrow, not too sure how to pronounce it, are doing the business. And then he is sleeping, I guess, and dreaming. And she walks out of the session into the evening and is murdered somehow. You said that confusingly. So yes, and which it is, but yeah, David and his girlfriend Neva shag go to sleep, and then we have the first female victim. That's right. He walks out of her office, jumps twenty meters in the air to her doom. That bit was done really well. I actually thought so. She walks out into this back alley, and she's about to get into her car, and she's yanked up. There's some weird electrics, mm. some and, wood and falls over from a pile of mist, yes. And then she's murdered, and she's murdered by being hung from, like, the second hanged. or third... She's murdered by being hanged from the second or third story of the fire escape. Yeah. But she's yanked up into the sky, and I thought that really was really quickly, cool. Really uh, yeah, quickly, yeah. It was, it was very really well good. done. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> oh, and her eye was missing. One or both? Both. 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 Yes. And this is one of the things, so... The hole in the brain, we didn't get around that. Like, okay. with the whole movie, we're still confusing. So this is the thing. I From the horror movies of the period, and even now, there's an exposition level. It's whether or not the movie is meant to be telling a greater story about consumerism or... Sorry, we have one of the so interns. So many options. Here you go. Why do you get here? What Just a little pause to be besotted. Yeah. There you go. There's plenty of room. You can settle down. She knows that. So whether or not the the movie is meant to be telling a greater story about consumerism, like the Evil Dead series, or... uh, Meat-eating. Meat-eating, yeah, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mascara. Or or whether it's just... 
let's have fun with the historical concept of mummies, like the mummy. Or, <laughs> or like or, when your sister eats your gay boyfriend. What? I'm sorry, which other one? Eh? What was Raw. Raw? Oh, right. Rav. Nice. I'm sure it's a metaphor for your sister eating your gay boyfriend. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> or Ravenous, where, you know, it, it's not necessarily a greater conversation or anything. You need a plot line that runs through the film. Yes, that's how they frequently work. And this one seems to pick up two or three sets of threads, but then doesn't go anywhere with them. So, like, yeah. you lead off with Egyptian, and there's a lot of cat motif at the word go. So he has his Siamese-type cat on top of the television. There's discussion about Egyptians. There's the walkway that they have above, which I'm signalling with my hands because that's really useful in a podcast, with very clear cat's eyes. And the windows in the walkway did look like cat's eyes. Yeah. It was quite cool. And then a little bit later into it, you actually, there is a cat motif because the ex wife has got. In the a, background. Yeah, and there's a cat on a desk. But that's not carried anywhere, and then it never resolves. So you wonder is there an Egyptian spirit that's come through? And that but could that's have been. just a, dropped. Yeah. yeah. And I think, thinking back, were they going for a red herring, or are they going for it? You're supposed to think the cat is the evil presence, only it's not. But it comes across as... Oh, Daria, how could a cat be an evil presence? <laughs> so yeah. back to you. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't look like it's a red herring that's been snatched away or revealed. It looks like they've just forgotten gone, about it. Oh, we're sick of this cat thread. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I've written red herring like three or four times in my notes. <laughs> and in different is, plot lines. Yeah. Is this intended or is this just thing. Which also then leaves the origin of the eventual demon as being apparently there are demons. Yeah. But then are they? Because we're still questioning by the end. Is it a demon? Where has it come from? Is it actually a demon? Is possession a thing? And what I wrote down was that very early on, I realised it felt to me like a movie made by someone or some people who are so familiar with the underlying concepts of right. horror movies that they hit the beats of what a horror movie is without ever actually... It's, it's like it. Dan's first book, The Rook. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to be careful on this one. One of the characters he'd written so much about and then realised, oh, I really should have mentioned way back then, he's a vampire. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> yeah. fairly important information. And there's a real danger in doing that. There's a real danger in getting so involved in a storyline or a plot or, or just that, knowing that a particular time author thing managed to nail. that you forget what it's like to not be on the same page. Yeah. And I can imagine meetings during the production of this going, well, let's have them do this and let's have them do this and this is really cool and I saw this effect on whatever without remembering to say, oh, yeah, well, by the way, the reason that the demon... There's no explanation as to where the demons come from. No. Or what their intent... So, what, what its power is. Is it getting stronger? Yeah. Where would it go afterwards? Does it just we, like plucking out eyes or is this some kind of, I have to get the eyes of 14 virgins by the solstice or something? And, this, well, and there are no virgins and we haven't discussed further the first scene. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're confused? Fuck yeah, we are too. <laughs> and this is the thing. The idea is is that all of the bodies, there's some reference to the fact that there's a hole into the brain and the eyes are removed. And the hole into the brain could be trepanning and that's a whole thing as well where people used to actually have the third eye drilled out. Uh, Which I didn't get until, what, the third, fourth watching this because we don't see it on every victim. And we don't see referenced. every victim the same way. It's not mm. referenced. I think that... Like, the first time it's mentioned holding the skull, removing the eye, 
it sounded like that was the same thing. Like there was a hole in the skull to remove an eye mm-hmm. as opposed to an eye was removed. And there was also like a drill hole into the skull where the third eye would be. Yeah. And it wasn't explained. Still not sure. No. And again, it should be building till we get to that point. But it, at first just says, oh, the body was mutilated in some way. Then it's, oh, the police wouldn't confirm whether or not the eyes were removed. And it means we're quite late in the game because, as you say, that we find out there's another hole to be going on with. That was the other question because I read a bunch of critics' reviews on this. And it said they come in to a series of murders. Like, we come in, there's been one murder, but the critics' reviews kept seeming to say... This was the latest in a string of murders, and we've just come in now. So this is the thing. So was the first murder we saw the first murder? We don't know. Yeah, it seems so in the story because when the newsreader comes on and tells us about the first murder of stockbroker Maggie Jarrett, Mm. she just talks about her being murdered. Played by Margaret Gerard, which I could... (laughs) Be wrong. What? Oh, sorry. I just thought they were obviously getting like really tired of names by that point. So Margaret Jared plays Maggie Jared. I think you mean Margaret Trenchard Smith. Apparently so. Ah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, back to you. Yeah, just describes Ms. Jarrett, her job and her position in the world, etc., etc., and basically just that she's been murdered with very little other information, not even huh. saying that there's no word if this is the latest victim of the Sydney side slasher or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we don't hear a lot of it uh, directly in the press from the newsreader, mm. but it's like there's a killer out there, but there's no, it's a serial killer, and even someone comes later and says it's a copycat. So this, uh, maybe only because I watched it fairly recently, but this movie kept reminding me of you Highlander. You mean an hour ago? No, recently the other movie I'm about to reference. Oh, so Totally fine. So only because I watched it fairly recently, I kept thinking about Highlander, and I remember the murder subplot that comes through it, because, of course, the thing about Highlander is, is there's these people keep dying, mm. and you pick up Highlander in the contemporary now of the 1980s after they've had their first fight in the car park, and the police are now onto it because somebody's been killed, and it's the modern time. And I thought that maybe this movie was going to do the same thing, that they were going to follow that thread. I mean, obviously, if this is the first murder that we see is the one that opens the movie... You would imagine them following that thread. But then as David Gaze, the character, Mark Hembro's character, goes to the police over and over saying, this murder is going to happen and this murder is going to happen and then starts naming people, they don't follow on from that. He's a terrible communicator. And he doesn't say, this murder's going to happen, this murder's going to happen. Like, what's well, the no, first thing when he calls the police? He says that there's going to be another murder, I don't, I don't know, know who, who, where, or when. when. Yes. And Except it wasn't even that descriptive, because it was who or where, when wasn't even discussed. Yeah. Mm. And that could be an interesting subplot, too. Him struggling with recognising that it's a real thing. So, yeah, he has a nightmare... The girl turns up dead. He struggles with the whole, well, maybe it's coincidence. I think there was actually a line to that effect at some point in the movie. It's like, well, I just thought it was a coincidence. Mm, that's early on, which, yeah, because one, maybe two, you would think that. You think, yeah. wow, that's freaking terrible, but yeah. moving on. But I by- mean, murder aside, if you had two dreams that turned up in the paper the next day... Yeah, and that's the point, is that could then become a really interesting plot. He now needs to convince the cops. He wouldn't have a crack at it, and then they go, we're going to make this difficult for you, and then just walk away. Yeah, that could be really cool. And the whole bit towards the end when he's finally, you know, don't put me to sleep, don't, you know, trap Uh, me away. uh, Put me to sleep has a different connotation. Well, yeah, because, you know, don't let me sleep and or kill me. 
I kind of got the impression that by the amount of time he's realised how into these, as in how real the murders are and yeah. his connection, that should have happened a lot earlier in the movie. Yeah. For me, that would the have been... The police paying attention should have happened a lot earlier in the movie. Yeah. This demon is on David's back, why? It's not like we saw him at the start licking some ancient artefact or something. No, there is it's no not, reason. It's not like Alison last month, he wasn't born at the right time for etc, no. etc. And, and, or if he was, we don't know. <laughs> and you can astral project now. Oh, so that's just something that happens when you're 35. Yeah. And eight months, two days old, whatever it yep. is. It, there's just nothing that leads up to what's going on. And then there's, there's shots. There's nothing that's been released from an Egyptian tomb. No, he's got some interesting little figures, sort of Papua oh, New so Guinean type figures in his... Papua New Guinean? Well, they, really? they struck me as those PNG, the kind of the clay figures and things, the totem figures. Fetishes. Um, Fetishes, they're the ones, yes. So he's got those, but even though we kind of zoom in on them after a couple of nightmares, there's no suggestion that one of those is Repeatedly we zoom in on them, and Um, there's no suggestion that they're new in the house or that they've come from Egypt or anywhere interesting. And and one of them only makes its appearance three-quarters of the way through the film. So there are two ones, one with a weird little thing in its belly and another one with a big head. The weird thing being spikes coming out. It looks like spiders. And the other... Spikes, oh, I said. No, I know, but it looks like a spider. It almost looks like a weird little uh, creepy That know. didn't cross my mind, and oh, now I have goosebumps. Sorry. And then suddenly out of the blue, like two-thirds of the way through the movie, there's a whole other one that is quite clearly there, but it's a very tall series of heads yeah, or something. Yeah. So, and that just appeared on the wall much later. Yeah. We've never focused on it before. But there was no connotation that it was new in the house. It's just it's new that we're filming this thing on the wall. Mm. Mm. So, and we didn't see him, like, cleaning up his girlfriend's... Ancient mystical study guides and no, that's right. read some forbidden text that glowed mm. red as soon as he saw it. Yeah, he didn't say weird words backwards by mistake or... Don't read the Latin out loud. He didn't do that. There's ways of being subversive with it as well. But at the end of the day... Five bucks if you read the Lord's Prayer backwards. <laughs> 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 say Candyman five times in front of the mirror, man. Phonetically or by letter? Ooh. It's a tough one. Mm. Well, it's usually related to backmasking. That has to be phonetically. So it does, phonetically. you're right. But at the end of the day, you generally, in this sort of movie, bad shit happens to someone for, for a bad a reason. reason. And there's none of that. Do you think it's pretending to be Philip Glass? Sorry. <laughs> November mentioned about two-thirds of the way through when he's going through his synthesizer-y music. Oh, he's right, just, like, yes. simulating being Philip Glass. So, music so, on computer? Yeah. <laughs> so what we end up with... Oh, yeah, we haven't even said. So Mark is a composer. He has a job at University of Sydney. Mm, yes. So this is the thing. So that's our very early stage. So we have David Gaze. He wakes up. He's able to see murders as they're happening or, and or tries to convince that point. the police of them as the murders continue. No, no, I'll get it. Detective Sergeant William. Hello. Yeah, my name's David Gaze. Go on. No, I don't know who she is. Let me give you a tip, Mr. Gaze. Go home and sleep it off. Yeah. You feel much better in the morning. Another nut. Says a woman's going to be murdered tonight. But he doesn't know where or who. Fuck it. So basically what we end up with is you could also look at this as this descent into the David Gaze story as well. And we might as well go into into spoiler territory here because 
Initially, you get the impression he's doing insights, that whole kind of psychic helping the police thing, except, of course, the police don't care about him. And it's not even that cool 80s way that cops don't care until the reality is presented to them, a la Gremlins or something. It's just... They're just fucking stupid. There's no other... Well, there's no other way to say it. Of course, there are. There synonyms exist. But, yeah, absolutely clueless. Mm. Won't take... Won't even take things at face value. And... And there's a sequence where, uh, so we have a, a newsreader by the name of Mary Mason, who's... Played um, by Mary Regan, continue with your name. Yes. yes. <laughs> Making it a Tony Dancer of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the Jerry Seinfeld, but getting there. And she ends up being victim number three. But she's got this relationship with a guy and... After the murder, his shoes turn up in her bedroom and the police are immediately like, oh, we should arrest you because your shoes were there. By now, you've literally had a guy come up and tell you who the next murder victim is going They've to be. They've interacted him with him like three times now, including apprehending him outside the apartment. Yeah, and he's still and not still in his cell. And they're still just like, oh, just go home and sleep it off. Yeah, we'll murder yeah. the one other male that's part of this movie. It's so bizarre. He must have, like, innocent vibes certainly doesn't fucking look it from where I'm sitting, seriously. Me neither. I just mean to those <laughs> two police officers. Maybe. Yeah, well, when they catch him outside Mason's apartment, he's also going, oh, I didn't do anything. It's like, the thing you're doing right now, Is that's something. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that's right. Whatever your intent, you're not actually supposed to prowl around people's yards <laughs> and stare in their windows. Yeah. So his first two, the first two murders happen, and they're the confirming murders. He has no idea who the victims are. The first two murders are... The the stockbroker, oh my god, because no one in this movie locks or even closes their front doors. Yeah, because half their houses are open Just to the outside world. completely open. Which does happen in a lot of serial killer and slasher movies. You, you've, except for a few, you don't get many. Now, now to catch the, my latest blonde curly haired victim. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, that's just the thing leave that... a key under the mat. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a physical zero, 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 form, zero, zero, it shouldn't one. matter. Zero, 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 two. Because <laughs> there's the 18 more, movie, more hours of this film. Because that's, that's the joke in the original Scream, isn't it, when Drew Barrymore gets killed, is that, you know, the entire front of the house basically looks out onto the pool, and while she is talking to someone who is threatening to kill her, she's, like, all still laughing and joking and making popcorn in that cool popcorn-y way that they have. But... Yeah, so, and actually that was one of the other things I noticed was that the very first shot that we see of a building outside of the cityscape when the opening credits is the house that David Gaze lives in with this, like, kind of... Everyone in this film is so rich. But low-budge Amityville horror. So if you look at the Amityville horror house, it's, like, famously this sort of big barn style with big windows on both sides. Yeah, sure, big supporting beams. Yeah, we get, like, a single pane on either side. It really does look like the low-budge Sydney suburb version of the Amityville horror house. But, yeah, so we have a couple of initial confirming murders where he realises yeah, so the that first movie, his first murder is the stockbroker, the second murder is the advertising woman. So they're yes. all really successful women. And, okay, so this is something else I want to say. Do we believe there is any message in this movie at all? It doesn't... I mean, they're killing these beautiful, successful women, but it doesn't Didn't come seem, across as that to you as a girl? It didn't come across okay. as... I mean, you can ask Daria that too, but it didn't come across as sexist, and he's not an incel because he's getting laid. Yeah. What is the age difference with him and his girlfriend? Uh, it is not no worse than Indiana Jones. It's oh, so no worse than illegal. Yes. Good, great. Yeah, 
in movie terms, they're basically right next to each other, really. Much. In movie terms. But, and, no, she's... I mean, she's obviously a grown ad, adult. Yeah, no, she's mm. doing a PhD, but he's yeah. teaching. But, so I am... So I do, I do want to visit this concept because... Yes. I did look for a plot line, and there's no two ways about it. Every woman that's murdered is a successful independent female. That's right. And if you wanted to look at this movie... They don't need them, no man. No, but you didn't get a, this, you know, don't be a success... You know, you didn't get the equivalent of, you know, the Jane Austen thing of if you don't, if you don't marry, you'll get consumption and die. You didn't get no. the flip side of that as being if and you're a successful fact, independent woman. in fact, our main woman. character, David Gaze, had a feminist tome that he was reading. Yeah, the Carla Dupre book. Oh, they're all his... speed readers as well. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. Every book just gets absorbed. In fact, isn't there a point... Or they just start halfway through a novel. Isn't there a point where the psychiatrist, she moves from turning pages to, like, flick, flick, flick with her thumb, I think, while oh, she's reading? There? I think so, yeah. So I... Because I was curious about that, you know, cis white male or that sort of... It didn't seem to me like that was the message either, don't be a successful woman, but... It's not a vibe I, I got. victims. Daria? Me either, no. Yeah. I don't... I mean, I suppose at most I saw... A pattern of victims are all women of a certain age bracket. Mm. And, but, yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, they were the same age bracket too and that didn't occur. But it wasn't like a Joss Whedon, don't fuck or you die sort of thing. No. Yeah. All right, And there was, I mean, there was no, as you say, there was no converse where Mm. some housewife... We didn't meet any poor people until right at the end of this movie. Oh, Mm. and even the poor people wore suits. That was adorbs. That that was a thing though. For the longest time, uh, like your your homeless person would always be in a really really crappy suit because I think mm. that was the whole Salvation Army thing. Is that the only thing that people leave to the salvos use suits? Therefore, the anybody homeless men will be leave to yeah, demob suits probably. Demob. Ah, yes, of course. That said, your long retired father-in-law was around doing. Electrics work at the house today, and he's still there in his ironed collared shirt. Yeah, well, you know, he's because he does. He's he's classy and awesome and wonderful, and I felt <laughs> so guilty as I was trying to sort all this out that he was doing it anyway. So people used to dress better. That's what I'm saying. Mm, so we have random random murder victims who are still successful, and then we have our first murder victim within the the scope of David Gaze as the the newsreader. So this is victim number three, Mary Mason. Yes. Now, this is where I want to get into the other potential storyline, where the cat might be a force for good. No, I I want to see that, if I may. Yeah, please. That he kind of thinks he knows what's going on, Mm. but he's just this random, weird-looking dude. Goes up to this... And he's handsome. If you say so. (laughs) Goes up to this woman who's on television, so public figure, I don't know if it's local TV or whatever, but mm. goes up to this woman, says hello, I want to talk to you. Excuse me, Miss Mason. Would you spare me? What's it in connection with? My name is David Gaze. Could I buy a coffee somewhere? Uh, sorry, I'm very busy. Well, then can I talk to you after your show? Sorry. Look, it's important. If you could just tell me what it's in connection with. Look, I'm not some sort of nut. But I'm sorry, Mr... Guys, I, I really have to go. Look, I have reason to believe your life is in danger. What sort of danger? You know that murderer that's on the loose? You know something about that? I have reason to believe that you're going to be his next victim. Oh, Jesus! Are you threatening me? Is that what this is? 
No. Look, Miss... Look, Miss Mason, I'm trying to warn you. I work at the university. I'm not... And he's somehow surprised. She's just like, no, I'm really busy. Mm. It's like, can I get you a drink after work? It's like, how about you just say, this is really fucking important. Coffee or a drink after work don't matter. I need to tell you about this news story that you're currently reporting on. Mm. I have information. He doesn't do any of that. He's just terrible at approaching people. And at the risk of invoking some stereotypes, why doesn't he bring along his girlfriend who believes him? Mm. Oh, that never even occurred. Yeah, absolutely. Because he does start to... I have reason to believe you might be attacked next, but by that point she already thinks he's an utter and this is probably compounding it. If he came along with A... A woman so she wouldn't feel this lone man pressing me thing. You are so right. Well, harassing. That's the word. Sorry, yes. Wrong word. <laughs> harassing me thing. And someone else is backing him up who might also be able to just, honey, honey, down a notch. Mm. Yeah. And so the newsreader disappears inside the building. There's a security guard on the outside of the building. And our main character is just like, oh, shucks, that didn't work and walks off. It's like, mm. just say to that security dude... I think she's in trouble. She needs 24-7 protection. That's all you need to say. So, yeah, so Mary Mason's murder... Mary Mason's murder. That's very alliterative. Thank you. Is the one... It's the pivot point murder. Because, as he says, it's the first time that he knows who it is. It's the first time that he's aware of it. Yeah, this is the first time that he knows the name of the person. Yeah, but he is. He's just... He's struggling with his own... And there's no uncertainty. That's the other thing. If he doubted, if he's like, oh, I don't know, I think maybe you're about to murder, I don't... By now, he's convinced. He's absolutely certain. So he is now yeah. forced to, you need to take care of yourself. Yes, the delivery on it. If he was still struggling... It is if- interesting that all of the women are single. They're not sleeping with a partner mm. or someone else in the house. No. You might hear or see things. On their oh, I see they're on there. And that Okay, I need to park I need to park that, I need to park because I want to go back just very, very quickly to the yes. cat thing. Another the, potential oh, yes, story thread. Thing. And the tail end story thread of the potential Egyptian stuff, which then is totally because cats were huge in Egyptian mythology and they could be forces for good and forces for evil and they could be protective forces. Now. I know, right? We look at our interns. But the cat is sitting on top of the television. So he wakes up from having seen this woman who is now going to be the next victim and the television continually comes on. It does that thing I can never remember the name for where the television continually comes on. And then it's after about, I think, the third switch or maybe the second that he realises who it is and that he has to do something. The cat's on top. And there was this really interesting potential subplot for the cat is a force for good against whatever the evil spirit is. Well, the cat was in that same position while the two were having sex in the first Mm, scene. Yeah, which, by the way, I initially thought the reflection on the screen was... It actually being broadcast on television or captured on a <laughs> on a camera that kind of weirded me out because that's yeah that uh, one didn't occur to me yeah well I'd seen what's the one where the guys Porn. watching no <laughs> the guys watching all the, the security cameras not body of evidence it was the other big sexy movie from the nineteen late eighties early nineties it was is it Basic Instinct well, I don't know because yeah, no, it's you don't a movie know because you see in my brain isn't it. Mm. Sliver? Um, Daria is usually very good at that. Now, Basic Instinct is... Sliver? Sliver. That's the one. Sliver. Thank you. Sorry. Yes. Dodge, she's good. She's amazing. <laughs> she's done many of these recordings with me now. She knows where my Thank goodness goes. I accidentally hired that movie once. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally. Yeah, getting from the video shot where you got one of those bundles and like you always were kind of randomly oh, choosing the last of the seven yeah, to yeah, get yeah. the cheap thing. Mm-hmm. And oh. I grabbed it instead because I was kind of just on my way out, grabbed it instead of one near it that I was kind of interested in seeing. 
Oh, wow. Okay. I thought you were going to say that you were very disappointed you didn't get home to the movie Silver, which you were hoping for is the historical uh, analysis of the silver mining industry. The forgotten silver mining industry? Ah! Anyway, back to you. Nice. So, yeah. So, I... Anyway, yes. And that could have been an interesting subplot too. So if we had established, because there was a discussion about Egyptian at the start, that maybe there were these two forces that were battling each other over all this time and the cat Inside was trying you, to do good, two wolves. which would then explain why the cat <laughs> This is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and again, another potential thread that's dropped. And I wondered at that point whether they were never certain what they wanted to say and they positioned a bunch of potential story threads, mm. but then either the money ran out or the time ran out or, or, or whatever. And so little has um, been written about this film that... Yeah. I mean, by the end of it... The, nothing's been confirmed in that way. The end sequence reminded me of nothing more than fucking Robocop, where she's walking around the ruined buildings trying to sort of defeat him. Anyway, so that was a bit of a shame as well. I thought that could have been a really interesting subplot too with the cat you know continually turning the television back on through special cat powers until he realizes (laughs) he needs to do something but then we are introduced to the special guest star shane bryant which like i was reading through the credits before putting the thing together for callum to legibly write on our whiteboard (laughs) and i just skipped him because i had no recollection of him whatsoever that's mason's fuck buddy in it oh yeah and that's it yes yes so he's the one who briefly makes an appearance as a potential murder suspect. suspect, even though the dude who's been yelling about who's going to be killed is just still out and about on the street. But he left shoes there, so he must be guilty. Mm. Which I agree. I, oh, unless he didn't drive there, he walked. I can't drive without shoes. Some people do, though. Queenslanders. Why not just put your shoes on? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, he, he got freaked out and he just ran. That's all. Mm. That, oh, that's right, yeah. his entire explanation. Because he encountered the spirit. Yeah. But we don't find out about that until, like, way later. We don't see it on screen. He just describes later when the police go to see him. And he's saying, oh, can we go talk over here? So his colleagues don't hear. So they go while he's having a cigarette so he can explain while smoking next to the no smoking sign. Yes, you you mentioned that, yes. But it's his own studio, so what the hell. But, yeah, this concept of show, don't tell, and he basically then explains. Because if we'd seen that happen. It would have been interesting. Yeah. And it's not like the owner of the shoes is a particular secret. We know there's only two men roughly involved well, in Mary Well, one of the Mary cops Mason's holds up a shoe and says to the other, what do you think about this? The other cop says, won't go with your clothes or whatever. But it's not even explained. He's holding up a man's shoe. Yeah. And maybe if the resolution were better, it would be clearer. But he's just holding up a shoe. Yeah. Tell if it's a man's shoe, a woman's shoe, a unisex shoe, a and shoe that's non-binary. Oh, yeah. well, there's only one other man in the world. So we yeah, exactly. Get him. It's like the, ulti- it's the, like one the other ultimate man who Star Wars effect. And that's the thing, because, you know, the certain types of shoes were you sort of ubiquitous across genders in the 1980s. I mean, as you say, maybe it was a bit clearer. But that whole thing, it wouldn't go with your clothes, is a sort of normally you'd expect that to be a joke when it's the other person's gender. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems really strange. And they track him back because, yes, the Cinderella effect. And he comes clean about the fact that they're shagging, including with a razor blade. Oh, that was really interesting. Mm. Did you notice that? Yeah, I forgot to park that in my head as a thing, but yeah. Which... The first time I watched it, I couldn't work out what it was. The second time I thought maybe it was a feather. But then, yeah, that was definitely a razor blade that they were playing with. Yeah, and I definitely got the impression, now that I put it back together, that they were going to get down to something, and I don't just mean 
the usual something. Yeah. Neither had many scars, though. Well, I kind of got the impression that he was going to cut her clothes off. She which... wasn't wearing much there. No. Well, she was just in... Yeah, but the film's not afraid of boobs. panties and the stockings. Yeah, the film's not afraid of boobs, so I kind of got the impression he was going to cut off the bra I don't think a film can be afraid of boobs. No, but this one in particular was not afraid of boobs. <laughs> no uh, boobs last month. Yeah, this is true. In yes. fact, the, yeah, the makers put their foot down and said, no, no boobs, stop asking for boobs. Yeah. We respect women. No, I don't think they said that. Anyway, go on. Well, don't forget, I mean, the Nullarbor nymph that made a point of having equal parts boobs and full frontal male nudity. So. Well, not equal parts, loads more male yeah, nudity. that's true, yes. Mm. Good on it. Don't think that one passed the Bechdel test. No, well, considering there was like 97% one room, one car cabin drama between two <laughs> men. But so they were looking to get freaky... But then they didn't, so it didn't explain the razor blade. And then it was and all. And that sex scene got interrupted because she thought she saw uh, the David Gaze, Gaze character outside. Because she did. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Caught in um, David's gaze. Oh. <laughs> and there was an. Mm, yeah, you know, there's a side potential plot there. But then that is all explained away in exposition. That's all explained away in, in an interview sequence in the studio afterwards when they're going to arrest him because, you know, he's a man and he's not the guy who's been continually saying the victim's Talking names. about the crime. So, I have a question. Only I, one? Many, but I don't know a lot about astral projection. I asked Keller, but he just said, write it down. Sorry, <laughs> You kept throwing questions at me. I don't know if you know a lot about astral projection. The science that it is. So, does the spirit turning up in the room fuck with electronics or was Ghost David Days standing there by the panel flicking light switches off and on again really quickly? <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about that. <laughs> that was the... Well, sorry, that was one of me. Generally speaking, psychic Phenomena? kind of phenomenon generally have this weird electromagnetic strangeness that mm-hmm. supposedly can or can't muck with electric. It's a trope. Yeah, yes. all those things are getting spooky, the lights are flickering. Yeah. 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 This was another question that I was wondering as well. We were talking about, you know, out of body and there's so little exposition about astral projection and that was the thing that really got me. If we assume for a second that at least the core concept of this movie is astral projection, there's so little explanation of what it is and in fact Lydia... Can we assume this movie has a core concept? But, but, well, sorry, yeah, that's the thing I'm not too sure. Question. So Lydia ends up reading... And also he's not really astral projecting the same way people usually astral project in no. other astral projection stories. Which as we discover, spoiler alert, he is the one doing the murders as well. And then that's another thing. Oh, his spirit gets up from the body, but the body's fully clothed and he gets up naked. That's yeah unusual in most things. Mm. You usually get up with whatever your body is wearing at the time. You just get 50% opacity. Yes. Yes. That's one of those things that which a lot we of, still had. One of those things that people point out when they're explaining why ghosts aren't real, which is like, well, why are ghosts all dressed in drape stuff? Because clothing doesn't have a spirit. You just, you, you know, yeah, you, you'll be naked. That's just the way it is. Well, maybe if they're wearing leather, clothing has a spirit. Yeah, but you're not They're haunted by fur. a ton of leather jackets. Sorry? You're not haunted by a ton of leather jackets or, or disembodied fur. Yeah, yeah maybe because there's yes. no such thing as ghosts. Ghost. Exactly, that's my point. Anyway. But that was the thing. So when Neva? Neva. Neva. Yeah. So she's like, you know, you need to read more. And then Lydia, the psychiatrist. Oh, yeah, she's saying that to the starting, shrink, yeah. That's your entry point to have an, a, you know, a voiceover or slow pans on the explanation. Or, or a character explaining a thing. Yeah. Anything. Because, I mean, they referenced Twilight Zone. So Twilight Zone was a thing. And I know that when X-Files came around, suddenly there was this big re-energised interest in parapsychology and paranormal activity and all of that. But 
even though I was interested in this kind of stuff at the time as a kid, was it really that ubiquitous that you could just assume that people would totally understand the concepts of astral projection? Uh, I don't think so. No, and I think less so in 1988. Yeah, I think even maybe by 1998 you could be rely on more of the audience at least knowing. Yeah, because we've had so X-Files. much more media. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is in Back to the Future 2. Hey, we're going there again. This is in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> Hang on, time step. <laughs> they have the blackboard sequence to explain we changed the past and it changed the future, mm. whereas yeah. by now that's something you could say almost as quickly as I said that just then and yeah. you, you could proceed. Because of Back to the Future probably is kind of the anchor point. And that's the thing. You know, if I were to decide to make a movie today about spontaneous combustion, just as a sort of a side uh-huh. thing, I would need to assume that the people who are watching, even if they're in the cinema because they're fascinated by the concept of spontaneous combustion... You need references. You need references and explanations as to why it happens. Yeah. Or, as I would have called it, this spontaneous combustion of stuff or something. Mm, Yes, anyway. I mean, at least we had an episode of Buffy. I can't think of any spontaneous combustion. At least in spontaneous combustion, it's right there in the name. I was about to say. (laughs) But I would feel the need as a movie maker to explain, okay, these are the reasons people think spontaneous combustion may work and then at the end crystallize that to here is the reason why this was a thing whether it's you know there's rascally kids sitting fire to people yeah but that's the thing there's no and i mean i think of ravenous again is a really good example you're just hungry (laughs) well there's that too the concept of the movie is taking the wendigo myth and carrying it through an arc to explain it. And so this seemed to... This was the opposite. It was the sub-arc. It was like, well, you know, everyone knows astral projection and then we'll just kind of go with it to make a standard horror movie and this is what horror movies do and horror mm. movies have this sequence and they have this sequence. They have the innocent and they have the double bluff, you know, the sequence when we're pretty sure that the psychiatrist is going to get killed and as it turns out, it's Carla Dupre, the interviewer, the feminist interviewer, who we haven't even gotten to yet. We haven't even mentioned, like... <laughs> God, we're terrible at this. <laughs> Are you in an alley? No, we haven't even mentioned that he decides he's going crazy and he gets to go see a shrink the next day. Mm. Though I love that she's still charging 150 an hour. Mm. Yeah, which is apparently current session these days. Very bottom off. Yeah, yeah, I've never paid that little. No. I have. Oh. Oh. So she is our token American, which ticks another exploitation box. We have a foreign star, although not a massive... Star Fallen on Hard Times, the way that a lot of other exploitation stuff, well, not necessarily Fallen on Hard Times, but in, a, in an ebb in their career kind of deal. And I get the impression they kind of put her in the zone of the Scully. She's meant to be the one bringing science in. I agree. But then... No, she's absolutely the Scully. It's, she's finding no. another way for women to be wrong. And That's then she says, Scully oh, did. but reality is entirely what you make it. Oh, my God, I wrote yes. that down. Yes, yes. David, reality is, in fact, what you believe it to be. No, it fucking isn't. And yeah, God, but we know that, but we don't me. know if she's pandering to him. Well, he actually then she says, don't, don't humor, humor me. me. Yeah, that's the very but next But we line. don't know if that's her method that yeah. she's using. So he talks to her and we assume at least provides some basic information which makes her consider that mm. perhaps there's something there. But then she becomes his lawyer as well. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, mm. so he gets this shrink. He gets in to see her instantly. Mm. He has a freak out. He knows where he lives. He goes to her place. She lets him crash there on the couch that night. And in the morning, she takes him in to calmly talk to the police. Not to be arrested or anything. This is just to tell my side of the story. Police are still like, you're a weirdo. (laughs) Fuck on off. Yeah. Like, the sergeant has the best acting in this 
mm. a whole film, but Sergeant or the fuck senior detective. The older guy, the younger not guy. The senior detective. Really? Okay. All no, right. no, he, he's the, okay. He thought the shitty sexist sergeant was the best actor. I thought he was the most natural. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's up there. Because our man, David Gase, he is so OTT ham and mm. cheesing it up. All right, this is one of those things I can totally see, and they talk about this, that the horror movies really stretch an actor's ability, not necessarily because it means they need to scream a lot and yell a lot, there's a lot of that, but that you need, you know, being scared, being terrified and being out of it is one of those things that if you're not Nicolas Cage, it's difficult to bring to the surface on the spur of the moment. No, it's well over and above this but dude, I, even before he gets scared. I don't know. I, it's not the wrong direction to go, but he goes a long way down it. Yeah, yeah. all right. Okay. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Like, he knows he's doing it. That's the way he's being directed. I mean, he's not like that in the second Man of Story River. Man, sorry. No, the man from... all but quoted Brian Trenchard-Smith's book on oh, truly. the guy's Ooh, nature. He says... Where he says, yeah, that Mark was pretty over the top a lot of the time in this and in some ways it's what the role called for, but also it's the director's job to manage that. And yeah, I that's did not. right. I remember thinking a couple of times when they were doing some full scenes. So the sequence with God, the, we saw his ass way too much. <laughs> where they were seeing the sequence with the ex-wife after he's handed the cat over and there's been the death and they're in the shower. That is absolutely a screaming situation. That is absolutely a situation where two people would have a great big screaming fight. And I honestly think both of the actors gave it their all and that would have been really intense. But... It's not about that, though. I mean, the scene before with the cat was well OTT. Ah! Ah! The cat's a bloody cat! Ah! That was weird because he had a real cat in his hand and there's a certain level of being able to act with a real animal that you... My point being... That other people can do. Screaming at a yeah. cat. But my point being that it clearly wasn't necessarily a good take. Actually... I'm going to come in to his defence right now. Okay, yeah, so that's what I've been trying to do, yeah. How are you going to do it? Because clearly it's not necessarily a realistic take. Yeah. And I, I think, think it is. Okay. Years and years ago, when we lived in Mackay, I had a bad dream about a big-ass spider on the wall right next to me. Do you remember this? I remember that, yeah. I'm sure you do. Because I screamed and woke up a bit and screamed louder and I think then you came up to me and I'm awake and looking at the wall, screamed even louder, this is in real life, mm. and then knew it wasn't there and still had to bury my head under the covers, the covers and cry. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, I'm believing his performance now. No, and that's the point. You need an actor to dial it up to 11. Okay, here is a crazy sequence. The context of the film, he wakes up after a nightmare where he's begun to now hallucinate the dead bodies. And this is where we're saying the cat could be a force for good because the cat wakes him up. Yeah, so he's woken up with the nightmare, he's hallucinating, and he then wakes up for real and it's the cat. Question for Daria. We couldn't work it out. So in this scene... He's hallucinating someone who's got a hole in their forehead. I we thought it was the girlfriend, but we don't know who was he hallucinating no, before it, he. Drags I thought off. it was the newsreader. Oh, did you? I thought it was the girlfriend. Who's he hallucinating before he wakes up holding the cat? I couldn't quite tell either. So. Yeah. Yeah. So he wakes up. He's got the cat. He says, "Oh my god, it's the cat! It's the cat! It's the cat!" And it's a little hard to tell. Is he just saying? 
oh my god, it's only the cat, or is he now... Saying the cat is evil. Convinced the cat's evil. Delivers the cat to his ex-wife. Which makes it seem like he thinks it's the cat's fault. Possibly. So we don't know how long he's had it. We presume a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a family cat, and he got it... He got it in the divorce. In the divorce. (laughs) And he then delivers it to the ex-wife, and then the killing entity visits the ex-wife... And kills the cat, but not the wife. And he comes in the following day, finds her in the shower. Ryan Trenchard Smith hates pets. Finds her in the shower, and they have a screaming match, because the ex-wife is convinced he's a killer. He still really feels strongly for her and is trying to protect her. That whole sequence would absolutely be a shouting match. It would be a screaming shouting match where two people are trying to communicate each other's... Uh, But their emotions are just so high, they can't And that's what I mean. I think that the sequence... And the delivery was probably legitimately the right intense. Tone. It's been here! Whether it was the angle, whether it was the fact that it was a one whether it was... Oh, it was a one-shot. Oh, um, right, yep, got it, sorry. Whether it was... Whatever it was, it didn't read real. Yeah. And, and probably not helped by the fact that he has been dialed way up pretty much all the movie by this point. Yeah. He now has the makeup yeah, show yeah, and he's because got very little he's, sleep. Like, when we start, there's the lovemaking sequence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is, you know, acted pretty normal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Up so until... his performance just ramps up and up mm. as his emotions do, mm. as events unfold. Yeah, he goes it's full just... Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you should never oh, go full Nicolas Cage. No, I love you, Nick. You were brilliant. He is. As somebody's pointed out, he has... Oh, I was reading like on... Up to 11. Read it the other day. Someone was just like in a hotel room, flicking through channels, what to watch. Oh, there's a Nicolas Cage film. I might just watch this to laugh through. He was leaving Las Vegas. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. That dude's amazing. <laughs> yes, you are, Nick. Yes, you are. So, yeah, so this is definitely the kind of movie. And this is one of those things, I guess, we kind of think of those horror films or these horror films as kind of the lowest rung in the ladder of a movie. Let's, you know, we'll throw out a porn film. We'll throw out a cheese... No, porn's at the bottom, right. That's my point. We throw out... Sorry, and you're right. We throw out a porn film. We'll throw out a cheesy horror movie. But the fact is, if you want to get scared out of it... There's no jump scares in this. No, that's true. But if you want to get... And we thank you, BTS. Yeah. And if you want to get scared people, that's a hefty emotion to have to deliver. Yeah. You know. But the thing is... And it needs finesse. Yeah, no... Scared is hard to get, Hmm. but you have to get it through realistic performances. Yeah, or... (sighs) And suspense. What was the suspense in this film? It wasn't disbelief. (laughs) Um, Because, was it meant to be that, like, the only possible suspense was we knew he was doing it, but he didn't. mm. 
And that's not suspense for us. But that's the thing. We don't know. We don't know. Because up until the sequence where he realises, basically the attack on the psychiatrist, when he's beginning to get slashed and you realise, okay, his force is And that's where I'm grateful it wasn't higher resolution because it would have been wires everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You don't know. And he's actually saying, you know, why can't I see the person? And there's a mystery. Did you think for a brief period that Carla Dupre could have been the killer? The woman writing the book? Because there was a weird... I did briefly wonder if she was more than she appeared in that regard. I don't know if I thought she was the killer. Is that the one who I said was the only person in the entire film who knew what the word lesbian was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's the feminist. Yes. Sorry, sorry. No, uh, a lot of critics agree with you on this. (laughs) Yes. Really? A lot of critics? Yeah. Oh. I I, 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 I haven't read any critical... I read a bunch of this. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's not much out there. But, yeah, a lot of critics were saying we were meant to suspect her. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was just, wondering. I don't know where they're getting that from because there was no reason to at all. I briefly wanted to was more to hers than originally met the eye, but... Mm. Because Unless what, it's, oh, you're not interested in women, I'll kill you now. By this point, also, because they've, they've layered on the stuff about him being either the killer or the possessee of the killer, mm. they've laid it on... So thick that it's not even the we're laying it on thick as a false lead. We're laying it on thick, and if we tried to remove it now, it would just actually fall apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I thought, I don't know. The most I thought is maybe there was some kind of original instigating thing that she was behind, or yeah. she somehow got him possessed, but that is... But, yeah, yeah. none of that, that was, was even close. But, and that's the thing. So the couple of things that got me was that there was a sequence where she kind of secures an interview, and you don't know for sure whether or not she's been approached or she's kind of got in contact. And Carla's behaviour after that about securing that interview is so weird, so ridiculously over the top. She goes, I appreciate that, Doctor. Bye. Dunk, dunk. Oh, yeah, you said it was angry. I didn't pick that up. I believe we may already have had the idea that she's going to be the next victim. And so the thinking in my head, maybe she's at least setting up the victims because every victim up until now has had an interview with this woman. I mean, yeah, you're right, but... Yeah. yeah, I feel really slow now that I didn't get that. Well, but no. then I think that's in the movie more than me. And then, yeah, and I was like, well, okay, maybe she's the killer, or at least as you say, maybe she's setting up the victims, which then would have made the fact that when we are expecting the psychiatrist to be killed, the force instead goes for Carla Dupre, and we now know that the cops are looking up, looking over both houses, you know, we've got the trap set and everything. But yeah, I, that was confusing in the film too. Yeah. Because... It was difficult. It's like, what's the like, message there? I don't get it. David Gaze was chucked out of the police station again because no one's believing him. And finally someone says, keep him under surveillance. Yeah. The and then I was confused about what happened in what house because another woman dies. They're just like, we don't know how you got in. I, I thought you were watching him. How did he get into yeah. his own house? But yeah, it, yeah, that was her house. Yes. Who has entire kitchen drawer that's devoted to a single a drill. drill. Yes. And we yes. didn't even come back Look, to that. Who doesn't have the power drill drawer in their kitchen? In seriously? their kitchen. <laughs> and some there's of those, nothing else in it. You've been to some of those kitchen shops. They sell some weird <laughs> stuff that I don't think any regular person uses for cooking. All right. I've only ever been to one kitchen shop, and that's because <clears> the <throat> man working there looked a lot like Alan Rickman. <laughs> I went there a bunch of times, and I put it on Facebook and that shop got a lot of business that summer. <laughs> no, Barbara doesn't like me. Oh, don't be silly. She doesn't care about us. Oh, don't you believe it? 
Can you come over tonight? Told you, my mother's arriving. Have you got time for a drink now? Sorry, got to pick her up at the airport in an hour. Something wrong? Tell me tomorrow. Give me a kiss. Can I say a thing from, like, the second scene of the movie? That is the first and last mention of the mother arriving. <laughs> there is nothing else there. At least with the room, the mother did appear. The cancer that was there vanished. I haven't watched it. I still oh haven't God. watched it. Callum it's and hilarious. I tried to watch it once. The, we were staying in Sydney. It was a sweaty white buttocks. Yeah, we couldn't watch it together. Pump, it was just too uncomfortable. The, oh, the, gross. The belly button that you just couldn't deal with. But, yeah, no, the mother gets cancer, like, a third of the way into the movie, and then just it never is mentioned again. She just gets over it, apparently. Well, also, she breaks <clears> the news <throat> as if she just found a really good parking spot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what we basically have is that we've got these, these... And we haven't discussed why Stephanie Parker has a gun. Is the answer just, it's Be- the 80s? Because movie, really? I thought about is that, too. Is it because movie or because 80s? Because 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Although, interestingly, Stephanie is the opposite of Chekhov. The gun never goes off. Doesn't help that she dropped half the bullets while her shaky hands were trying to load it. This is true. I'm exaggerating. She dropped, like, one. But anyway. Although she does have an incredibly nice collection of tiny little cereal boxes along her shelf. Tiny little Kellogg cereal boxes. She's got her Cocoa Pops and her Rice Krispies and shit lined up along the bench. It was quite adorable. Oh, those little travel ones. Those little mini travel ones, yeah. I remember them being really big. Kellogg said old school. I was like, dude, you can still get them. I know, yeah. But back then, they were just the thing I remember, and you could... Mm. Anyway, but also as a total sideline, and I will just point this out now. <laughs> Go on. This movie follows the Malcolm... What? It follows the Malcolm progression for police cars. This movie follows nothing, not even its own plot line. Yeah. This movie follows the Malcolm progression for police cars. How so? Every police car that appears in the movie all the way through is a progression of the type of police cars that are actually used in Malcolm. So it starts oh, with so VB... Oh, so you've got the VB Commodore. VB VC Commodore. Honestly, Callum, no one in the world would notice that except you. I know, I Do they get it. to a Crown Vic? Or uh, that was too American? Oh, no, 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 no. I said, oh, you're not talking about models? No, no. The models get you. There's no Crown Vic in Malcolm. But right. the introduction... That's silly of me. But, it, it, like, the reason it, I noticed it is I wondered if there was, like, one car hire place for police cars in Australian oh, I filmmaking see, I see. that would deliver certain types of cars. And I don't know why, but the same type of car... And it ended up with the Ford, the big boxy square Fords of the same era. I don't know why. It was just something that really stuck with me. Anyway, that was a little side thing. Well, police cars were big boxy Fords for quite some time, so oh, that, mm-hmm. that last one... And apparently also VB Commodores as well. I think there's three different car types that are police cars in this film, including the Commodore that she drives around at the end of the film. And then the Tesla. That's driven by the... <laughs> I could be wrong there. <laughs> that's driven by the cars. ghost. But anyway, yes, yeah, so we... Which apparently has voice command driving. Yeah, it's Kit. <laughs> yep. I wonder how many of them will be recorded. Oh, God, oh, God, we're all going to die. <laughs> well, I just kept yelling at the woman in the film, shoot out the tyres, the car's going to come for you. But it didn't. The car just meekly reversed itself out of the scene and around a corner. Yeah, it really did, with the horn going. Yes. And that's a wrap on car. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Thank you, ghost, for driving car. You can go home. Here's your check. And that was such a fucking jank in the flow of the film as well. So There were so many janks already, but yes. So for two-thirds of the movie, we have roughly a whodunit murder mystery with 
mystical elements and trying to work out is he the killer, is he not? I mean, and he himself is trying to work out is he the killer, is he not? Or rather, he's you not know, even trying to figure that out. Well, for he the first stage, no he assumes he's not. That he's the killer. And this is another thing as well. How is it that he can lie during the hypnosis sequence? Because when she says... Oh, my God. Is that because he is being asked as him? Is it the whole there is no Dana, only Zool? Oh, I assume. I just assumed that. Yeah. yeah. I, okay, cool. That's I think he... I to. Yeah, well... There is no David, only... Yeah, and I don't, I don't even think is. it's technicality. I think for the most part, he only has access <clears throat> to his own thoughts. <clears throat> it's only later on or during the murders that things leak across. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, also because hypnosis is mostly bullshit. Yeah. And so we've had... Yeah, but not in movies. In movies, hypnosis is amazing. It tells you everything you need to know. Well, she also goes from sodium pentothal. Just like sodium pentothal. She goes through the fucking truth drugs. It's insane. Truth serum. Truth serum, yeah. Which don't work much better in real life either. It has a fascinating (coughs) history, though. Truth serum has a... Yeah, that drug has a really fascinating history. Starting in the 19... Oh, this is so off topic, but yeah, studying in the 1930s, there was a drug similar to it that doctors were giving to birthing mothers, mm. but it just, I don't know how much it killed pain, not a lot, I think is the answer, but it made them speak in this whole stream of consciousness manner, which made ah. him think, can we use this on prisoners ah. um, after sentencing, not during the court case, because then they'd be focused on the trial. That drug can still even be used today on occasion treating phobias. It's a really interesting wow. drug. There is an amazing... If you want to see an actor doing... And I got confused. I thought, pentobarbital. Oh, that's... A, no, don't inject <laughs> that. If you want to see an actor doing a really good job of appearing to be under sodium pentothal, there's a two-parter telemovie called Brotherhood of the Rose, which oh, was a spy thriller. It's fucking amazing. There's some really terrible acting. There's some really good acting. But there's a sequence where one of the two brothers, who are the main characters in the film, is going to a dentist to take out all his teeth because he's going to walk into the woods and he's going to kill himself, going to starve himself as part of a Christian thing. It's it's already weird. It makes sense in the time. (laughs) But he acts so well as somebody under a particular truth drug, but as drugged rather than just, I'm telling the truth, he acts like he's got a dry mouth. There's something so visceral in his performance. Or Um, did he try the drug and test it out? Was it method? Um, Maybe. Yeah, so that was actually really cool. I just wanted to say uh, Brotherhood of the Rose, really cool. So uh, it's available in many legal manners. Don't know. It could be abandoned. Anyway, so we have David struggling with the idea that he's not the killer. Every woman that is in his world is becoming or has now become a murder victim of the weird force. Well, you were just talking about the hypnosis yeah. that he was under. Yes. So the shrink puts him under this hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And gets a couple of small bits of interesting information out of him. Yeah. But she still counts him out of hypnosis. Mm. And before the end says, you won't remember anything you said. Really? Because some of the things you said could have been important. That whole you will wake up refreshed and you won't remember anything. It's such a default phrase. I don't know. And she actually has a moment when he basically targets her. He says she's the next victim. yeah, she freaks out. She's now at the point where she believes that whatever it is that's happening to these women, he is at least some kind of aware of what's going on. she, the doctor, freaks out, goes to see the girlfriend, visits her in the uni library, just fuck any kind of ethics that I'm meant to pursue. I'm going to talk to you about your boyfriend, my patient. Mm, Yes. 
I did like the fact that she waited until she actually was speaking to the cops, setting up the things. Like, this is a breach of so many ethics. It's like, wow, let's go back You're through. thinking about that now? <laughs> Mind you, it's rare enough in TV and movies that even acknowledge that. Yes. Yeah. Well, which was a TV series. There was one of our friends, Nicole, used to call Gross Misconduct. It was one of those kind of hospital drama things. Yeah. Our friend, Nicole, the doctor, and it could have been so many things. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a couple more deaths. Finally, finally, the police have said, okay. Oh, before that, we've got Dr. What is her name? No. Langton. The psycho. Lydia Langton. Yeah. The the shrink. So, girlfriend Neva says, tells her how ignorant she is, read this book. And so, Dr. Lydia starts reading it in the library. Mm. A couple of weird things happen. Oh, the Ghostbuster sequence. Yes. Totally the Ghostbuster <laughs> sequence. Except there's no book stack. Yeah. And the so- doctor's speed reads, so she's instantly halfway through the book. <laughs> but she's running from the library because weird things happen, and she comes across two people and runs away from them, where the safety is. Yeah. So she's being tracked out of the library, and we're getting closer and closer and closer. And actually, that's the one where she wakes up. I just wanted to quickly say, we skipped over the third murder. She's killed in the swimming pool and he discovers her and jumps that, into the pool that bugged the hell out of you covered in blood and evidence yes yep. of course it bugged him and that's the murder he went to the shrink's house after that he was still wet part way down but he wasn't covered in blood anymore but this is the thing so i know you like yelled at him twice the times you yeah. watched it to like you know cover yourself with it. i maintain that this is the first time he's now had it confirmed that he is at least somehow connected to the murders and it's all real so i'm giving him a pass on that i'm giving him a pass on wading into the pool although he yells something and i don't know if we're meant to understand what he says was it like oh god or yeah no, we couldn't figure yeah. out what he said so we finally have the murder of the psychiatrist. Full fucking Rosemary's baby, exorcist levels of possession. She does a big old fight with the knife and dies. I she gets a few licks in. I yeah, like that. Yeah. And I was going to say, I thought the delivery of the slashes on his face were done really well. I mean, considering the low resolution on the version that we I... watched, the sudden appearance of those slashes on his cheek, I thought were pretty oh, good. Oh, we didn't mention the death of the lizard. I don't know if we even talked about the death of the dog at the start. He hates animals. Actually, that's a good point. Lots of animals die in this. Lots of animals die in this. Well, lots, as in all Every of the animals animal we're dies to. in this. Yeah. But, yeah, so we have the big death scene with the big fight with the psychic because she's basically brought him to the fore. The drugs are in his system and he sits up and he has the black eyes, which, holy fuck. Whoever I didn't invented- think that was done too badly. No, 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 it's not. And those contacts are really yes, black common. eyes versus a black eye. Yeah. It is actually one of those things, whenever you see it, it's really creepy and I, I think mm. it always looks really good. I don't know if I go as far as say always, but... No, I... I I think it did the job here. It did the job here. I think every time I've seen the kind of the full black eye, it always looks creepy as hell. Mm. And it's so much better than the wide eye that they try to do a couple of times where they're kind of looking up into their own eyelids. Mm. Oh, yeah, and there's a weird... There was a sequence which reminded me, there's a video game called Phantasmagoria, which was one of the FMV video games on a a full motion video. So it was a Sierra Games horror game one. It was made for adults and it was on a DVD. And you had these sequences that were real actors being filmed. And what happens is that they take possession of a house and the husband gets possessed very 
very early on. There's a sex scene very early on, which is a little weird, and then very, very so just like this built into the game a bit later on is a sex scene that turns into a crazy rape scene sort of thing. It's all very creepy, and the woman's not into it. And that second sex scene with Neva kind of. Yeah, that yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. he freaks out, yeah, yeah. When he freaks out, and she doesn't, Look, she doesn't like scary react there. to it. But yeah, he kind like, of she looks like she's possessed and, too. Oh uh, yeah. I, was she but looking then, to I the side? I don't know if it was a sex scene or a dream. Yeah. The same. And this is another problem. We don't get that and clarity if he has on those. A sex dream like that. Is he doing the sex? Yeah. With the girlfriend. And then. We don't know what this possessing demon wants. Is it just... If it exists, we don't know. Well, no, okay, so it definitely exists. So I think we... Is it a demon? That's what I mean by we don't know. Okay, we don't know what it is. Yes, this is true. It's Um, something, but yeah. Yeah. Again, but as you say, we don't know. And we don't know, for example, why it goes off model when it comes to the first attack on the X and just kills the cat instead. Yeah. Yeah. That was really weird. Again, that was then leading into the whole And concept. is that because he got woken up by something else? Because now there isn't the cat to wake him up. Well, I thought that that was another particular... And can you only do one at a time? Just, you go, well, done the cat. Yep. Or can't does do the, the cat have to die night. because it helped him not murder earlier? That's a great idea that he only has the energy for one life a night. I was like, God, oh, so many potential really good storylines. But I took it almost as he needed to kill the cat... Because it was a protective influence. It was a protective force. But then why does it save the... Yes. Anyway. Yeah, this movie was so confusing. It was, it, was, it was very... Yeah. So... But yeah, we end up with the whole big fight scene. The psychologist gets some leaks in. But eventually she succumbs with a drill hole in the head and the eyes and sucked the out. Eye. And he is discovered by the police. But there. was that an eye sucked out or both eyes? Both. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. But in the first one, it sounds like they're just saying one eye. No, I think eyes. I was actually just releasing to just the sound on the way over and it's eyes, plural. Yeah. We now have irrefutable evidence that he's killed and he's actually, that was one shot. I really like that shot where she's dead and he's just there totally having given up. I thought that was actually a really good Oh, yeah, 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 frame. yeah. The cops obviously can't keep him out of prison anymore, so they throw him Nor in. Nor should they. Nope, they throw him in stir. And in then. Stir. Stir, yeah, it's one of the names for prison. I had heard yeah. that before. Yeah. Mm. In fact, yeah. there's an Australian film set in prison called Stir. Oh, is that? There you go. S T I R? S T I R. S T I R. Throw him in stir. That's where Stir Crazy comes from. I assume so. I didn't realise that. Should, of course. Sorry. It's one of those, you know, when you immediately told something, you go like, yeah. You said Stir. My first thought was Stir Crazy. Well, for years, even though they're exactly the same word, I never connected that the Australian sheepdog Kelpie had the same name as the mythical the Scottish, Scottish water horse Kelpie. Oh, I ain't never heard of that mythical Scottish water oh, haven't horse. haven't you? Oh, I've got a bunch of little Scottish books. I can't remember the name of the authoress at the moment, but she's got some really cool ones. In your kids' books. She, yeah, she writes for young adults. They're really cool. I love YA. Um, it's my favourite genre. It's really awesome. It's good. And then... We have the final confirmation. So this was a little bit of expo that I thought was really good. In very quick succession, he's thrown in prison. He realises... Oh, the film finally sped up. Yes. He realises that he's the one through the power that's been doing it. The conduit. The conduit, yes. The access to the outside world. When he remembers every part of killing... We don't know why, but Oh, God, no. We never know why. No, that's right. Jesus, because, you know, we've got to leave... Anyway, maybe it's just Berner's bratty little brother. (laughs) (laughs) 
And in an instant, he knows that he did it. So we have a couple of flashbacks to the murder of the psychiatrist. And then we have an immediate flash forward to Neva walking towards the prison and he realises that she's the next one. And he goes, why her? So to him, this is still outside of his power. Yes. So he can't stop himself. He now knows he needs to stay awake. And of course, he he immediately begins as far away as possible. Yes. And he immediately raves. The police still don't know. And this is at the risk of bringing up the Wraith again. Oh my God. The thing that I really think that this movie could have done well is that one of the things about the Wraith is that Randy Quaid's detective or sheriff or whatever he is realizes about a third of the way through the movie what's going on Mm. and it's actually done really well it's so good there was the potential for one or other of the cops at this point to suddenly realize it's true yeah and neither of them do and it's such a shame dumb they mm, yeah they were we they, didn't even talk about the sexual harassment we don't need to uh, but yeah i was that a racial thing though i thought it was a racial thing racial thing the young italian yeah. no i just took it as yeah you just took just, it as a young man thing I, no i just took it as italian i just man. took it as 80s sexual harassment it's yeah. the mm. thing it's an incredibly smooth scene where sexist senior detective dalgano grabs the policewoman who's walking past him, grabs her, puts her on his lap, pretends to suck out an eyeball and stands her up again. That was done so smoothly. Hmm. And the reaction of... What the fuck do you think you're doing, Delgano? You know I'm going to have you up for harassment one day. I will. Fuck yeah, girl. Which we were all basically sitting there going, well, she's not going to say, don't harass me, it's 1988. And she says, don't harass me. So good. <laughs> um thought she spoke well. Again, another one of those lead-ins to, is this all about, you know, anti-women who have power over themselves? No. No. not. Yeah, she, as far as we know, survives the film. Yeah. Yeah. And we come to the final of the new because she didn't have a name, but then nor did the fucking girlfriend. Anyway. (laughs) So Neva is out. David is inside prison. He is now fully possessed. He has... Uh, Yeah, girlfriend Neva visited him at prison. He's saying get away as far as he can, basically. He's really agitated, so the sergeant decides he needs to be drugged. Mm. And he's like, don't let don't me Don't let me fall. sleep. Don't let yeah, me sleep. That's right. And, of course, you know, raving don't let me sleep is the one thing guaranteed Just to get you some drugs in prison. Let me shoot you full of sedatives. And we have this weird chasing, which, is, like I said, was almost reminiscent to me of Robocop in the weird factory than any of the chase scenes the in the fucking Alvin movies. And, but yeah, so she gets into a police car which is possessed... A little, she's fighting. She's doing an amazing job of, you know, J-turns and skids and slides and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, the demon whatever is projecting from David into the car. He's driving the car. Yeah. So the demon knows how to drive stick. Yeah, Yeah. and he's even saying things like, (laughs) left, right. Yep. And joking around, lots of slides, lots of skids. And I absolutely, maybe it's Stephen King's fault, and it probably is. A lot of things are, Mr. King. But <laughs> I absolutely thought the car was going to attack her. I've just, yeah. every time I watched it, I'm just like, shoot out the tyres. And I did actually Because like- she got the cop's gun out the back of the car. Yeah. Got his the, you mean the empty trunk that has nothing but a loose shotgun just lying that in it? That made more sense than a kitchen drawer that only has a drill. I did love that. I love the idea that, you know, a police car that should have had First you know, medical kit. kits and inspection oh, bits in and pieces. 80s? Literally just a pump-action shotgun empty yeah, on its own. that's it. It must um, be great for going over bumps. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And also, when there was a sequence where it was meant to have been crashed against a pole, it was very neatly placed there. I did notice that as well. There's like no dings or dents. Because, you know, car hire place, you know, you can't dent it. Expensive. And uh, yeah, and she kind of wanders around, encounters a couple of homeless people, one of whom well gets dressed. pulled up into the rafters as well in another very good sequence. And we didn't count them in the murders, not because they're men, but because mm. they just happen to be wrong place, wrong time. Mm, yeah. Yep. The, the nameless Because mm. well. arguably Neva gave an assist for one of them <laughs> wandering <laughs> yeah. around just, just shooting away. And then we have this final encounter. We haven't really established a strong romantic link between the two, but we, you know, they've said, I love you enough that we'll take no, that. There's no strong... The no. couple that's been sleeping together since the first scene. There's something... Tessa Humphrey's delivery of her character in this movie, I got a bit... Removed. She was very cool, very calm, and with all the romance and the love sequences Would where she's staring she was at him. Analytical. Yeah, she just seemed. I don't say cold is the wrong word, maybe, but when the big final sequence happened, I never there was no emotional connection, and that no. I thought was the acting. Yeah, and the whole final bit where so basically they play they play chicken chicken no not not chicken but Marco Polo the cat and mouse they right. play cat and mouse sorry. They play cat and mouse through He's the... He's doing actions that are neither cat nor mouse. Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they play a bit of cat and mouse through the ruins or the slums or whatever the hell they're meant to be. Basically, Wherever I, I saw, homeless like, people. Yeah, 80s ghetto. So the demon's projection is... It can affect yeah, so stuff that's entirely invisible and inaudible otherwise. David's yeah. still in his cell in the prison. So yeah. apparently, even though he possesses David, it's like... He's possessed David as like an anchor yeah. to project yes. from... Which again and takes his physical form. Which again, not how astral projection usually works in stories. No. So it means we, again we need that little bit to catch up because they've introduced a thing which not everyone will know, and then they messed with it anyway. Mm-hmm. We have at least now through the murder of Lydia Langdon established that any attempt to attack the empty etherealness will impact on but even David's that body. Didn't make sense. Oh, it doesn't make sense. But no, no, because Doctor Langdon was being attacked by the chair so she was stabbing where an entity holding the chair would be Mm. but that entity was also affecting a bunch of other spaces like the books on the shelves Mm. or the desk drawers so that entity was in more than one place at a time i thought it had like a space where it supposedly was and it could i know that's how it was meant to be about like telekinesis tune in next month But I don't think I'm more with Dario on this, but it did seem more localized to me. No, I... whereas in this last scene, it was like it, it's exactly David's body. I think in the psychiatrist scene, there's no one moment when stuff happens beyond the realm of a particular body. I don't think I when the chair is flying was. that I don't remember actually now. Yeah. As I say, I might have to go back and look at it again, but no, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to rewatch this. So we've established that. He's... There actually have been a few movies where we've discussed, we've got all each other's point of views. Like, oh, it'd be really interesting to go rewatch. Having heard that, we are not going to rewatch this. <laughs> Maybe. No. Um, so we've established that he is vulnerable. The He's entity vulnerable is vulnerable. And, it... and takes up a particular space. Yes. And so Neva and he play cat and mouse around the slum. And then we hit a point where she knows where he is and he's sort of meant to be holding it physically in place because he's it kind of communicating make with her. Sense. 
Again, it was he was in the middle space between two square tunnels, mm. and in the middle of both tunnels were eyes. And I think again that was meant to look like cat's eyes. Maybe. And yeah. he was in the middle of it. And he was a flame coming from a chimney or something. It seemed. Mm. And so I guess the intent was that she was to spin round and struggle with the idea of killing him. But the spin was done in slow motion. And because her delivery is so deadpan. And there was no discussion of shooting the entity would harm him. No. Well, oh, no, I I knew it Well, there was. We only came across that with the the psychiatrist. psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that he was basically. But there's no way for her to know that. Mm. And that's the thing. We only get the impression that he's trying to basically give up himself to her to kill because of what he says, because she's just deadpan. Yeah. I don't know what this is. And so she's just sort of deadpanning it. And then, yeah, she pulls the trigger at nothing as a big and kind that, of steamy explosion. really well done shot. And his guts blow up in the, the prison cell. cell. Which is November, though, that's going to be a hell of a death in custody report to deal with. <laughs> oh, yeah, because what? every death in custody goes through a royal commission. It has done for over 30 years. Every death in custody. It's, yeah, I believe so. It was meant to be Aboriginal deaths in custody. Well, I mean, that's how it started, Aboriginal deaths in custody, because racist police force keeps killing black people. Mm. But still, every death in custody goes to a royal commission. Wow. How do you go to a royal commission... There was no one anywhere near him with a weapon. He wow. just appeared to be, get a shotgun blast to the side. Well, I referenced it earlier. This is the thing that I found so, so frustrating. your liver. No, no. Uh, this is the thing that threw me on the original Highlander. Two-thirds of the way through the movie... Back to Highlander. The journalist female uses a guy to actually do some analysis... And the bloke figures out that the Highland has been around since the 18 or 1700s or something. So because he's matched signature, he knows... Some random dude has now completely figured out what's going on, and then he's just dropped from the storyline completely. Because I anyway, bet yeah. the same thing happened to him that all the people who built Batman's cave. Yes, mm. very good point. Mm. And then, yeah, and we have no real resolution. So David's been killed, Neva's really upset. Someone's got to it's explain really this terrible. to the commissioner. We get into the police car, and then we have the cheapest of cheap fucking... To be continued. The end, or is it? Or is it? Yes, As it she is. looks to camera uh, with big black eyes. Do you think they intended to do no. a sequel? No, I think they, they intended just needed to, to make the first one. I mean, we're talking about 1980s horror film and peak horror video higher territory, yeah. so I think they wouldn't have minded the idea of making a second one. Yeah. They would have been open if it had been successful, we'll be open to making another, but it wasn't expected. It wasn't no. planned. I don't think that was done as a, in case we get a part two. I think that was just the classic, the did. end, dot, 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 <laughs> or is it, <laughs> question mark. That's just how you end things. Brackets. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and so suddenly the spirit has moved to Neva. Because it can do that. Because reasons. And she was nowhere near him when he died. Yeah. Yeah, so it should have possessed one of the police people, or does it go... Again... There's no rhyme or reason in this whatsoever. We don't know how it got there, there is so a we way don't know to, where it goes. There is a way to make it work, but it's making us do the work <laughs> instead of the movie. And they should care more than we do. And this is not the movie that gets to be like David Lynch or something and says, no, you do the thinking. Mm. I'm not going to do the thinking. <laughs> I'm not thinking by myself and just made stuff up. You have to do the thinking, work it out. Yeah. No, it's not that kind of movie. It's it just forget stuff and then you yeah. have to fill in the gaps. 
Yeah. And this is one of the things when they talk about sort of time travel movies. You can create the rule set for your time travel. You can say time travel affects the future or it doesn't affect the future or it affects the future a little bit. But you've got to stick within your own rules within your own movie. There are no rules laid out I in this movie. I can't remember what I was this watching. Is... I think it might have been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and talking about some kind of regenerative powers and one person trying to explain, the other's just like, oh, Wolverine rules, got it. <laughs> yeah, it was... that's exactly it. Well, the have... same in Endgame. Yeah. They're discussing the time travel in terms oh. of, is this like Terminator or Back to the Future? Or... Yeah. I have literally heard conversations successfully expositing time travel rules based on movies and the anchor points yeah. that make sense. So, yeah, there was, for me at least, there was no message to take away from this. There was it no wasn't, message to begin with. It wasn't particularly scary. It wasn't anything it hit. You would appreciate that they weren't jump scares because I know how much you hate them and think they're cheap. I think they're cheap. And, look, they scare me. I'm not going to lie. When there's a jump scare, I jump. It's such it a cheap It wouldn't thing. have been inappropriate in this movie, though. It no. would have been appropriate well, in this movie. I suppose you could argue that a couple of the shots, say, for example, the oh, sudden... Oh, waking up with the cat. Yeah, the waking up with the cat or the horror face and stuff could have been a jump scare. The but slow we were trying to work out whose the... face that was meant to be, except it was no one's face we could recognise. It wasn't yeah. one of the wood cuttings. And look, like we said before, we watch these and we go into these consciously in analysis mode and maybe some people are just there for the ride. But even then, I, I still... When I watch them the first time, I don't go in analysis okay. mode. Yeah, and I yeah, reckon same. That... And I think... Let's go back to Primer for this example instead. Hey! Primer. Which Primer? Sorry? Which one's Primer? Primer, Primer is... is the time... Primus a time travel movie about the two guys who invent it in their garage to boxes that they can only go back as far as the box has oh, been built for. Oh, that one. For. Okay, yep, The very, it. very cheap one. Yeah. Good, though. Oh, in crazy good. And apparently yeah. the level of science built into it is incredible. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, yeah. But you can watch that two ways. You can go really deep and try to work at every time twist and every past travel and every yeah. skip over and when you're dealing with a time duplicate of who and how each person has been replaced or not and what this means and how many trips through. And that's fine because they've worked all that out. Yeah, and apparently they'll always catch you. No matter how deep you go, they've, they've got there deeper. first. Yeah. yeah. But you could also just follow it for the story and just kind of go, you could follow the story without having to go through each and every layer yeah. and go like, Okay, that's a time duplicate. Oh, okay, they travel back. I mean, back. you shouldn't have to think of every single nuance mm. to watch a film. Ryan Johnson on Looper, he deliberately made all the elaborate rules of how the time travel is going to work and then didn't put most of it in the movies, just put the stuff that in you needed the, to know. the story. But he said putting mm. that grounding made it sound like yeah. you're explaining a real thing that you don't need to explain all of. Like how you yeah. explain to someone, oh, a car is a thing that has an engine in it that makes you go forward. Yeah. You don't need to tell this non-car Noah, oh, the principles of internal combustion and rubber comes from this tree and we wrap that around. Mm. That is an absolutely perfect explanation. I love it. And that's what this didn't have. This didn't feel to me like they had established a rule set. Why is he possessed? Where has it come from? What is it doing? Who was the audience for this it's film? Four questions. People to put bums on seats. I yeah, mean, if we're going on exploitation, was it bums on seats? Was this... To TV. It wasn't a telly movie, but was it straight to video? Assume it was straight to video. I don't think no. it was straight to video, but I honestly think it did have its eye on the then swelling horror video higher market. I mean, it's hard to say, or rather, it's hard to appreciate from this 
historical distance, yeah. how mm. much of a boom that was oh, at God, that yeah. time. And this is the entire reason we have things like Video Nasties and the rating system in some places because yeah. of home video. So in some ways, this is one of those like classic exploitations. It's we oh, we this have absolutely got is. so many of the we got the nightmares, we've got the Freddies, we Jasons, we've we've got oh so many, and it's it's clearly a money maker. And if you can crank something Set out quickly, well, we don't know. We can assume. If you can crank something out quickly that at least you mark it as, look at this. And I, did we do a trailer analysis on this one? Is I couldn't a find trailer? a trailer. No, we didn't. no, you can sell it and it would look really good. And as long as you get, once you've got the seat, once you've got the bum there, it's. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to know how much it earned. It cost $600,000. It was yeah, not was very expensive. I mean, one of the things I noted is that it massive overuse of first-person camera. One of the things that even the mid-range cheesy horror films did is that they would start with that kind of <laughs> kind of camera where the you're sort of you're following see it your in. hand gestures. Sorry, just you know, you've got the crazy breathing and the first-person camera. All I got was camera. Darth Vader from that. Well, I, I was trying to go for a slightly more mucusy Darth Vader. But then I could try, but I won't. It Stops being that first-person shaky camera and then moves on to something else. Yeah. They carry that first-person camera all the way through because it's cheap. There were no special effects in this, I don't think. No, I mean, most of it was just clever camera business. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, right at the start, the woman being killed 20 metres up. Mm. Well, being lifted 20 metres up. Mm. And well it was actually... I mean, it was obvious how they did it, but I thought it was pretty clever at the end when they were doing Neva turning towards a police officer with her normal eyes and then turning back mm. the other direction with the black eyes. And it's yeah. clear once you know anything, anything about how they make film or television that she just was just wearing the contacts in, in one, one angle and not and the other. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But because of the movement, because of the particular angles and because of the way the actor moves her eyes just at the right point, mm. it yeah. really works. There are flashes of genius. There are flashes of really good stuff. Like I said, that first yoink of the first victim straight up. Mm. And I'm really glad. If we assume it was shot roughly in sequence, and maybe it wasn't, do we think when that very first victim is murdered that at that point they might not have known whether it was going to be a supernatural killer or a real killer? No, impossible. Or would they have already completely fleshed it out? They would have to have. Yeah, I Who's don't think... Who's going to start shooting before they know where the movie goes? Oh, <laughs> that, that's, that's a thing. <laughs> I can't before believe you Before I finish that sentence, I realised how wrong it was. But well, I know the, you know the yeah. podcast that we talk about, right? Yep, yep. Familiar with. Yeah. I, um, I know of it. Yes. Mm. I don't think it was that gorilla seats at the pansy, though. Uh, okay. I think that was just easing us into the concept of there might be uh. supernaturality. You're getting the hints of the seeing through the demon's eyes, mm. the killer's eyes, I should say. But even yeah. that first murder didn't make sense until he was on the psychiatrist's couch talking about dreams and he said he could fly. Mm. Because that's the thing. That very first murder was physically impossible. And the rest of them weren't. The rest of them were doable. Yeah, and that was really weird. And I was like, if this does turn out to be a killer, how the hell are they Did going they to explain, explain that, first that very one. first one? Did she walk into a noose or something? And then they didn't. So yeah. I was like, do I give them credit for the fact that they lent into the supernatural? Or did they instantly paint themselves into a corner that they weren't... Yeah. That this movie people was just weren't so confusing. And like so many we've seen, there are ways they could have patched it up, but yeah. they yeah. didn't. And, I mean, look, don't be wrong. Because they don't have 30 years of hindsight. We sit here arrogantly saying that, but the truth is, you know, 
it's in retrospect. It's with another 30, 40 years. It takes of, a village to raise a movie. Yeah, and we don't yes, know what was happening of, at the time if they were of going. Movie, yeah, of movie dialogue to come afterwards. We don't know if they were going, oh, well, give us a pass on this, Governor. Go, no, sorry, it's got to be out by Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we sit here after having seen so many other movies do it so much better and so much worse, and we have that. And there's such a difference between thing. 1988 and oh, 2021. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost like we're sitting here in the 80s going oh my god those 1940s movies yeah Yeah. 40s and 50s movies they were terrible look at their special special effects yeah so you know we're not saying we could have done it better at the time but the thing is in 1988 you'd already had well you had lost boys was the same year you'd already had a number of horror movies you already had back to the future you already had a bunch of lost boys was the same year yeah there were horror movies there was an entire genre that had established itself and the weird part about this, considering that we talked th- about these movies from an exploitation point of view, it didn't particularly lean into the Australianness. Yes, there was some no. Vegemite at one point. So there was nothing that really... I learned a really disturbing thing just the other day. Mm. People were talking about, like, relaxing or nighttime drinks. Mm. The amount of people who just stir a spoonful of Vegemite into a glass of hot water. That's bovril. I don't know. Yeah. And I had never heard of this before. I don't like what it's Bovril either. No, I don't either, but a savoury drink in uh, the evening. Is... I did not know did this was know a that? thing wow. that people did. It was like, what the fuck? Yeah, That's nor did I. Is. Yeah, I, I didn't oh. realise how close so Bovril was anyway. either. Yeah, it's basically like a beef soup, uh. like cup of soup. But yeah, no, I... Mm. Oh um, my God. That was one of the main ways people used to have Vegemite for a period, I can remember, in like the 70s. You'd have it like Now I'm just freaking a... out. I don't think I've ever read the ingredients of Vegemite. Do animals die to make Vegemite? No. Is my entire well, life a fraud? Does. Yeast does. Does sentient life die to make Vegemite? I don't think so. Not on purpose. I, I'm going to go... Ooh. We have seen Plug. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we have seen Plug. We've yeah. seen but Plug. But we all gave that zero. Yeah, and we've seen Santa's Bread. We've seen... No, the- oh, don't <laughs> fucking start. We'll be you, here for another no. hour. Callum, not a word. You have defended Santa's Bread enough times. <laughs> no. I Just no. I'm putting a bite. veto on this. Nope, nope. I am no, not biting. Don't bite. Don't talk. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> Fuck you, Darren. <laughs> I love how you say that where it was me that was yelling at you. Oh, no, because she dangled. Because I lit the fuse. Yeah, she did. (laughs) You did do that. So about this film, Callum. Yes. Oh, look, it's far from the worst we've seen. Not that far, though. No, no, this is the thing. It's not terrible. It Um, was just so confusing. It is, Mm. it is, look. It's not a complete exploitation unless I reference Yahtzee Croshaw from Zero Punctuation. He says Who some is of he's neither Oz nor exploitation. No. He says the hardest games he has to review aren't the ones that are terrible or the ones that are great. They're the ones that are just meh. meh. And saying something funny about them is meh. This is just meh. It's not terrible. It's not amusingly appalling. It's not one of those ones you go, oh my god, you guys have got to see this movie. It's amazingly bad. It's so fucking awesome. It's just... But we managed to talk about it for this amount of time. We always do. Mm. It's just one of those movies, whatever it was trying to achieve... It didn't. Yeah. I'm giving this, simply because it's just not anything eh, I'm giving it two and a half tiny cereal boxes on a haunted mantelpiece out of five. It's not offensive. It's not amazing. It just makes me want a haunted mantelpiece now. I would like a haunted mantelpiece with cereal boxes on it. I, too, am giving it two and a half Randy Policeman. Uh, 
I just give it a narp. Narp. It's yep. a narp. Not a yarp. It's a narp. It's a narp. Okay. It's just. I mean, look, it's so confusing. So the movie is very confusing. If you've just listened to this and want to see what we're talking about, I think you would get joy out of it. It's like, mm. yep, see what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to watch this for a movie in its own right, don't. We watch a lot of these movies so other people don't need to. That's our tagline. So basically, watch along, yeah, for the laugh of it. To see Except where we're coming from. There, are, Yeah, it's not like watching a terrible film where you get to laugh out loud yeah, at the screen. It's not the room. There, Yeah, there is super weird acting by our main dude. Mm. But it just, so much of it doesn't make sense. Mm. Yeah. Well, it doesn't go anywhere. It's not that it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't go anywhere no, in the no, greater context. It of, doesn't make sense. Mm, okay. It does both. It doesn't go anywhere and <laughs> also doesn't make sense. Anyway. Anyway. That was out of body. That was out of body. Next no, month, it wasn't. Out, out of, of the, the body. body. <laughs> Sorry, Callum. You are right. Next month, we're covering a tale of someone else who can kill without getting out of bed. Patrick! We're, we're covering Patrick. Oh, That's that'll be right. fun. I'm excited. Genuinely I've seen this excited. one. I haven't yet. I'm looking forward to it. Have you? No, I was you holding. Haven't. I was holding back for this. Hey. I'm so excited because next month also Umbrella are releasing a Blu-ray of Patrick the 1978 original and Patrick the 2014 remake. They're in the same Yo, case. Yo, Umbrella, send us a copy. I'm tagging you. <laughs> Actually, Umbrella, send us a few copies. We all live separately. I'm. I- Four hours away now. I may or may not have actually just spent 200 and something dollars at your store, so, you know. (laughs) Come back for that. Until next time. I've been Daria. I'm still Callum. I'm dying of November. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Callum, Daria and November on Podsploitation, the Ozploitation podcast. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm forward slash podsploitation or YouTube. Contact us via podsploitation at gmail.com or as podsploitation on Facebook or Twitter. If you want to support the show, donations can be made at paypal.me forward slash podsploitation. Out of the body copyright, premiere film marketing, everything else is for review and commentary purposes and remain the copyrighted property of their holders. Theme music is Creation Time by Kilo Cats, used with their kind permission under Creative Commons. Find and purchase their work at www.musicbrowse.de. That's www.musicbrause.de. No sclera covering contact lenses were harmed in the making of the podcast. Podsploitation is a moment of mayhem production. Pay no attention to the cat behind the curtain. And poop. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't be pooping behind the curtain. Okay. So here we go. Personally, I retitled this film. All right. I hate cats and I don't know how they work the movie.